Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Weekend Sports Good morning, everybody. We got Chris Embry in the house. We got Gary Love in the house, myself, Kelly Patrick. How is everyone this morning? Man, I'm doing awesome. Doing good, doing good. Should be a good show ahead of us. We want to thank Louisville Combat Academy for their support. Located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Louisville Combat Academy has more active MMA fighters than any gym in the state of Kentucky. If you want to fight, you want to get into the cage, Louisville Combat Academy is the place to be for your wrestling, for your jiu-jitsu, for your striking. That's the place to be. Located down there in Valley Station, A.J. Jenkins. Holly Jenkins, everybody, Brandon Bishop, Lingo. Who do they have fighting on this upcoming card? Saturday, August 17th. We might as well give a plug for Hard Rock MMA 110. Saturday, August 17th in Shepherdsville at the Paraquet Convention Center. If you want to see a good show and you want to give yourself an opportunity to be exposed to a local event that, trust me, I, I believe it, is awesome. It's as grassroots and organic of a feel is any sporting event you will ever be to. I mean, there's nothing over the course of humanity that's more tested than these warriors getting in there. You got people locally watching. Their friends and family are in the crowd, and they get into a cage, and they fight each other. I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people. It does, right? A lot of people are hearing this. They're like, hey, man, I tuned in to listen to basketball talk. What the hell? The cage fighting, right, Gary? Right. So, I mean, it's a turnoff to some people, and that's okay. You know, I don't hate you if that's the case. I've got plenty of my family that does not is not as into MMA as I am, and that's okay. It just is what it is, you know. But I'm telling you, man, if you give it a chance, Hard Rock MMA 110, Saturday, August 17th in Shepherdsville, Paraquet Convention Center. Fights will start about 7 p.m. They got Lingo, Jacob Pierce, Isaiah Ferguson. Those are the Louisville Combat Academy fighters. Trevor Goldsmith. Who am I leaving off, Doc? Uh, there's like 100 guys fighting. I'm yeah. not even sure. I don't you, know if I can keep up with them all. Doc Parks, our producer, is getting into the cage, is fighting for his fourth MMA fight. Correct. So, I mean, if you want to... Minimally, if you want to watch our man Doc Parks fight, come on out, check it out. General admissions, $25. I think for 40 or $45, you can get a VIP seat, so like a, a good seat at a table close to the cage. Did that, uh, Shepherdsville, is, is that turning out to be their home now as far as like Hard Rocks, MMA? Because, you know, they, sometimes they, they have one at 4th Street Live and they move around, but it seems like they do, they do a lot more shows in Shepherdsville. Mm-hmm. Well, like they do a lot venue? of shows, and they, they have multiple places that they do a lot of shows in. But Shepherdsville is real popular. Bowling Green's real popular. The Northern Kentucky Convention Center is real popular. Lexington. Lexington. The Lexington yeah. venue is real popular. Now doing Dayton, Ohio, expanding soon into West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I think they should do them all in Shepherdsville because it's so close. Close to what? To us. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is you got you got gyms in Bowling Green, you know, you got gyms in northern Kentucky and it's not so close for them. Right. 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 So Brandon Hard Rock Higdon and Vanessa Higdon, they move they move it around. They live in uh, Elizabethtown. Okay. So 
You know, they, they the original Hard Rock show, I think it was in 2008, was in Elizabethtown. Right. So occasionally they go there. So they try to move around and get the local gyms involved for those mm-hmm. events. You know, uh, there's Bowling Green Fighters. There's Northern Kentucky. The cool thing is, is Kentucky, as much hate as the commission gets, right? Kentucky actually has a very liberal rule set for amateur fighters. Okay, and, and so you're able to fight very similar to that of a professional MMA fighter in Kentucky. Whereas in Ohio, if you want to fight as an amateur MMA fighter, it's very restricted. It's not a good setup for amateur MMA. So the, a lot of the fighters in Cincinnati prefer to fight in Kentucky. So Hard Rock capitalizes on that with the Northern Kentucky Convention Center event every year. Huh. So, you know, it, it's fun. We don't need to go on and on about MMA all, all show, but check it out. I'll be there. Come get a photo taken with me. You know, I do not turn down photo requests. <laughs> what's, many, so, what's so funny? Are you, are you saying that because not? I've never had one. Oh, okay. That's why. That's Hold why. on, Doc. Do you, do you turn down photo requests? <laughs> You're like, get out of my face. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely renowned for telling people i don't have time for this one of my favorite memories of a local show is i'm not going to name who it is but a a pro fighter who fights for the local circuit i saw a fan authentic fan come up to him with a photo of that fighter in a sharpie and say can you sign this for me and the fighter just goes no basically just goes get out of my face (laughs) and ignored him in a local show he's already too big right (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how that works. Would I know this guy? You would. I'll tell you guys off the air who it is. You guys all know who he is. That is funny. So, you know, it's a fun organic feel. Gary, we have Gary Love at Scouting You on Twitter. What's going on in the world of college basketball? Chris, what's what's up? I know that's the bread and butter of our, our show. I could gush all day. If you want to listen to MMA talk, tune into the Kelly Patrick Show, available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, the Kelly Patrick Show, we put out at least one or two episodes a week, but that's all the local MMA talk. For those of you who are really jonesing for that talk, sorry, we're going to cut that off now. Tune in on the, the podcast, on the podcast platforms. What's going on in the world of college basketball? That is our bread and butter. Well, uh, Kentucky got a commitment, uh, what, about a week ago from mm-hmm. B.J. Boston. <clears throat> Six foot seven, small forward, shooting guard, um, very athletic, kind of reminds me of Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, number nine player in the twenty twenty class. That's right, and um, he plays on a super team. Okay, now we've heard of super teams in the NBA. Kentucky and Duke have had some super teams, but uh, this is the first one I've seen like this in high school basketball. Uh, it's got uh, LeBron James' son and Dwayne Wade's son playing on the same team. Uh, there's, what, over five guys ranked in the top 100, I believe it is. Yeah, and they added somebody yesterday. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is the most hype. They might as well show the some of these games on ESPN. And they will. Uh, it's Marvin Bagley's old team, Sierra Cannon out of California. Uh, my thing is, I heard you all talking last week about LeBron's son, mm-hmm. and I'm in the minority as to saying that I don't think he plays that much this year. 
Not with that team. No, he's going to be a freshman. Um, no, he won't. I mean, he's, he's pretty good, but still, but, you're not going to set five-star seniors down on the bench for – He's going to be a, a freshman. freshman where? At Sierra Cannon. Okay, so at the high school team. But, look, yeah. he's going to be one of the draws. Oh, yeah. So, they, they're going to give him some minutes. Yeah. But he will not be – The star. Right. Um, But, yeah, this it's going to be interesting to see what that team looks like. But uh, – He's the fir- uh, B.J. Boston's the first piece for Kentucky, and supposedly this guy, a lot of pl- uh, uh, these other players want to play with B.J. Boston, so it's a good first get so he can help recruit uh, these other guys. Now, there's, I think the next one that will probably um, commit to Kentucky would be, what is it, Christopher, Josh Christopher? Yeah, but I think – there's another guy named Lance Ware out of New York. I think he'll be the next one. Okay. And I think it's coming pretty soon. So Is he coming on a uh, visit soon? He's setting up a visit <clears throat> now, but uh, everybody, all the recruiting gurus are saying that they thought he was going to commit the day he got the offer. Okay. So. And what's his, uh, how big is he? He's 6'9", 215, power forward. Uh, plays with Dewan Wagner in high school. Dewan Wagner's son, Dewan Wagner Jr. So, How good's Dewan Wagner Jr. supposed to be? Uh, he has 63 points in a game uh, last year, I think. I think he's going to be a sophomore, I believe. And if Cal's still around, he's going to play for Cal. So, um, it's pretty good genes. Uh, uh, yeah, right? his, his dad and grandfather. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to believe there's already a third generation. Time goes it. by so fast. Yeah. Vlad Guerrero Jr. so good. Oh, yeah. I, I knew that kid was going to be good, man. He's like a clone. And we of his was, dad. Chris and I was talking about how we think he got ripped off in the home run derby. Okay, because yeah. he had what ninety three home runs, and the next guy had fifty six. He just happened to beat him in the last round. Yeah, I mean, it's he should be more accumulative. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with that. I'll never forget Bobby Abreu. Went absolutely nuts for the Phillies in the home run derby one year. Dominated. And then he just dropped off and sucked the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, you say you see things like that. Not to switch it to all baseball no, talk. But it's funny to see how someone exerts themselves. Not funny. It's in- interesting mm-hmm. to see how someone really exerts themselves. And that may take a lot out of them Yeah, at times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of baseball, how are the Reds going to walk nine guys last night? Yeah. And losing a tenth inning by walking the first two guys of the inning. They don't have the most. They're not the most timely team. What no. do you think about the Puig trade? I mean, they picked up Trevor Bauer, who's a, a an ace, but it takes away one of the exciting, you know, position players. Yeah, uh, it he, does. But I don't know. I, I've also heard that Trevor or that that Yasiel Puig was. Not the best locker room guy. Did you guys see? Let's, let's look no further than that fight. Yeah. Who has watched the breakdowns of that fight? Doc? I, okay. was, that, was that not his third fight of the year? Yeah, but I mean, really, it was more Amir Garrett and Dietrich uh, yeah. uh, involved. But for a recap, for those of our fans or listeners, I shouldn't say fans. No, I've never had a single person take a picture. With How me. many autographs do you give a day? Zero. Okay. Zero today, zero yesterday, zero ever. <laughs> I would love for someone to come up to me and say, hey, man, I'm a fan. I, I, can I take a picture with you? Yeah. You just to humor the idea, you, you know. What if people start coming up at, start coming up at your work? 
That would be great. What if it's just like people you work with? <laughs> I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> that would be great. I'd be very flattered. I'd feel uh, I had arrived. Yeah. But the, the, the Reds fight, what it was, was Amir Garrett was pitching. Mm-hmm. He was sticking up for his teammate, Dietrich, second baseman for the Reds, who's been hot this season. Earlier in the year, hit a home run. Kind of showboated a little, okay? Showboated a little. Rubbed the Pirates the wrong way. Clint Hurdle and that Pirates team, they're feisty, and they, it rubbed them the wrong way. So long story short, the pitchers of the Pirates, when they started playing against the Reds, they would throw at Dietrich's head. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Amir Garrett, who played college basketball for North Carolina State, big, tall pitcher. St. John's. I'm sorry. You're right. St. Yeah. John's. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought North Carolina State. St. John's, though. Yeah. Okay, so college basketball player. Transitioned, I remember, when he came up. We were like, well, he'll make it maybe as a minor leaguer, but he's turned into a pretty good major league pitcher, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so he's at the mound, the the dugout of the Pirates. They're talking trash to Amir Garrett while he's out there. Then Amir Garrett gives up, I think, a home run. I don't know, a two-run shot, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he brings up the, the, the coach, and he says, I don't know what he says. Pitching coach comes out, catcher comes out. Amir Garrett then pauses. And just sprints. You guys saw it. Yeah. Sprints at the dugout and just starts swinging on the entire team. Just him. It was amazing. He didn't really connect. No. You guys, if you haven't watched this one breakdown Mo Egger posted, Doc, have you watched it? Have you watched the real good breakdown? Yeah, yeah. You have. Chris? We'll watch it during we'll watch it during the commercial break. But Mm -hmm. he really missed on a lot of the punches. (laughs) But except when he was underneath and he was he he had mounted someone. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do the MMA commentary for some of this. He got some real good <laughs> shots on, on on one of the guys when he was underneath. So yeah. Amir Garrett hat goes off to him, not for being necessarily the best boxer, no, but for having balls. Yeah. I respect and that. giving entertainment to baseball. Oh yeah, I, I I'll show you guys during the break. You, the Louisville Combat Academy yeah. buzz line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We encourage you to give us a call, get in on the action. What are your thoughts on the Reds versus Pirates uh, brawl? We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Brian, the insider. Brian, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm in, uh, calling this morning with heavy hearts uh, from Dayton, Ohio, my hometown. I don't know if you've heard uh, absolutely a horrific overnight shooting downtown Dayton. Uh, Ten dead. Uh, a gunman opened up with autom- automatic rifle and he was killed by the police within a minute. But uh Absolutely shocking to me. So I've uh, I've been trying to locate my uh, loved ones in the area, but everyone seems to be. But it's a horrible day for for Dayton, Ohio, and um, please say a prayer for Dayton just getting over the tornadoes and uh, this horrible mass shooting. Uh, so uh, anyhow, uh, let me regroup back on uh, on sports. Big day for horse racing yesterday, guys. Uh, Bob Baffert they ran the Whitney. The Whitney Stakes, a big uh, race at Saratoga for older horses yesterday. And uh, McKenzie, you might remember McKenzie, Bob Baffert trained horse, named for a good friend who died uh, and uh, was on the Derby Trail, had the Derby Trail, but now is an older horse and uh, looks to maybe be the best horse in training, absolutely dominating performance in the Whitney. And uh, looks like we've got a Breeders' Cup classic uh, favorite. So, uh Great performance there. The West Virginia Derby was also held yesterday. And a three-year-old that's really coming up, uh, a horse named Mr. Money, uh, dominating performance there. He's won now the Indiana Derby. Uh, 
uh, and he's won the uh, West Virginia Dirt. Probably be pointed maybe to the Travers. I'm not sure. We got the Travers at the end of the month where my horse, Maximum Security, may run, may not. Uh, we still got the three-year-old season way up in grabs for who's going to be the champion. My mind right now, it's still Maximum Security, fresh off getting screwed in the Kentucky Derby. Guys, hey, I don't know if you sold it. All the stuff about Churchill this week in the local papers. Going to build a hotel and a gaming facility on campus down there on Central. Over, best I could tell, over by the Longfield parking lots are going to build, I think, ready for the 2021 season. They're going to build a big hotel right there. Uh, Churchill just continues to put out record profits, mainly spurred on by the Derby Week. Uh, Oaks and Derby, but uh, man, the money keeps flowing into the coffers at Churchill Downs, a publicly traded company. So all this is uh, investment money pouring into that part of the Louisville there. But that's big news. Going to change the face of Churchill Downs once again with a uh, first time for having a uh, a actual hotel with the uh, slot like instant uh, historical racing which down there on popular level, guys, has just taken off and has fueled Ellis Park over in the western part of Kentucky is having its best meet ever. Uh, it's actually got a big day today uh, with some big stakes races. But uh, historical gaming has changed the face of Kentucky racing and finally has Kentucky purses at Keeneland, uh, Churchill, uh, Ellis, uh, and then the five-day meet over there at Kentucky Downs and even – even Earthway's getting in on it a little bit. Uh, it's, it's got Kentucky racing. The purse is right where it needs to be, as good as Saratoga, good as anywhere in the country, and better than most. So high time for uh, Kentucky horse racing. Uh, but I'm still pissed off about the Derby. Uh, I'd like to find out that uh, the owner, which that, that court case is still going on, guys. Uh, the, they're still in court trying to overturn uh, the bogus ruling on the Kentucky Derby where maximum security led every step of the Derby got ran up on by war will, which forced him to clip out in, in, in the traffic. And all day, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, uh, NBA game where, uh, one of the big guys down low throws an elbow into the face of a power forward refs, miss that guy turns around, walks the guy in the face and he gets suspended for six months. Uh, and they missed the first one. That's exactly what happened in the Derby. War will ran up maximum security, and uh, and uh, War will the uh, maximum security then reared out. So they take him from first to seventeenth in the Derby, guys. You think I've gotten over that after three months, guys? No. The question, the answer is no. Still upset about that, but uh, that's what's going on. Getting excited about football, uh, and and really interested to see how the cats replace Benny Snell and what kind of offense the Cats are going to have. Chris, I'd love to hear what you're hearing from the Kentucky camp. And real curious to see what kind of team Scott Satterfield, who I think so far, of course, none of it matters until you get out on the field, but he was left a bag. You know, when when you're kids and you you take a bag of manure and you light it on fire and you put it on the front doorstep and you ring the doorbell. Yep. That's what Scott Satterfield. That's what Bobby left Scott Satterfield, and didn't realize it until he got there. And uh, he's completely changed the culture and the spirit. Uh, and and I believe there's some talent still on the team. But man, when you got to open up against Notre Dame and you got to play 
Clemson and Florida State and just about everybody on the, in Kentucky, everybody on their schedule has gotten better. Syracuse is in the top 25. I mean, Louisville's got their work cut out for them. I, I saw where the over-under right now in Vegas is three and a half. So if you think the and they got two BCS games, I think Eastern and Western, maybe something like that. I don't know, or maybe Indiana State. But So two games they should win against FBS teams. But if you think they can get to four games, you could go bet a, the house in Vegas and, and, and have a nice payday. So expectations very low. Camp starts this week uh, for all the colleges. So I'm getting excited about football time this dead period. Uh, is going to be interesting to see how the cast and the cards come back and to see what happens with the rest of college football, guys. So that's what's got me going. Uh, but uh, as I said, uh, calling from Dayton with heavy hearts, uh, absolute tragedy uh, in downtown Dayton last night, guys. So I'll hang up and uh, I'll listen to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Great stuff as always from our man Brian the Insider. <laughs> guys, Brian touched on a few different things. Anything stand out to you? Yeah, um, it, I think it's funny Seven's gotten over the Derby, but he doesn't him, sound like he's over him, it at all. Him being a horse racing fan, I guess I could understand that. I mean, there's, a, there's some losses Kentucky's had, and probably you with Louisville that yeah. we haven't gotten over yet. Sure, it's probably been decades. Yeah, <laughs> so, a yeah, few months is nothing. No, no, a few months is nothing. Um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, Brian came, brought up the over and under on the Louisville's uh, wins. I'm looking at their schedule, and it seems it seems about right. I mean, they've got some tough games coming up. They got he he was right with Eastern and Western. They play both of them. And then I'm looking for their next win. I think if they win more than three, they've had a successful yeah. season. Actually, and it's hard uh, to the find way, another win. The way the lineup was left from Bobby Petrino, it almost looks like he he threw a grenade. That was one <laughs> thing. Just, one thing Brian said uh, that caught my eye or my ear. Was he said, you know how you light a, a a bag of manure on someone's porch? You guys have any good stories about that stuff? <laughs> no. no? Never done Doc, that. Doc, you ever done that? I have not. I have egged the house as a kid, though. Okay. I have been involved in multiple instances <laughs> when I was a young kid of, you guessed it, lighting uh, dog manure <laughs> in a bag on fire on people's porches. <laughs> One time, not going to name anyone in particular, but I was involved in it and uh, not going to implicate myself or anyone in particular, okay, but I will tell the story. Someone lit some dog, a pile of dog poop on fire in a bag, in a paper bag on someone's porch, got a little carried away, ended up lighting the actual person's wooden door on fire, turned into a huge fire. So, yeah, you got to be careful with that stuff, right? Is that fire danger? You you turned into an arsonist. Yeah, apparently. No, not me. Not me. I didn't say it was me, Chris. Right, Doc? I didn't implicate me. You're a doc. You're a doctor, so I assume you're also a lawyer, right? That's a safe assumption. I didn't just implicate myself, did I? I'll have to check with my paralegals, okay. but I think you may be in some trouble. <laughs> um, so, long story short, an actual fire can start from that what seems like a harmless joke. So, be careful, guys. For those of our listeners who are considering doing that, my warning is be careful. Yeah. 
Yeah. You guys have I'll, never never been involved in anything fun like that? Any jokes? Ringing and running? No. Oh, yeah. I mean, you did stuff like that. Uh, here we go. Chris is coming out with some, some truth now, Chris. <laughs> so you've been involved in ringing and running when you were a kid. You, you do crazy stuff when you're a kid, right? Yeah. I don't remember doing anything destructive like that, mm-hmm. but uh, every once in a while on the way to the bus stop at school, I mean, I'd, I'd find, you know, somebody had a, a newspaper laying out for me, and I may take it to school with me or something oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. man, I had a slingshot, and I'd shoot uh, street lights out. Man, yeah. See, I, okay. I don't think we ever did anything destructive like that. Though. That's good. Because, I mean, man. honestly, I'm not going to do it now. I'm 35. Looking back, I'm like, what the hell was wrong with me, right? I'm glad I got that damn rebel out of me, right? Me too. Was that- <laughs> me too. Young kids, young males are crazy. If you're going to do something, do it before you're 18 years old and you're good. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good advice. Anybody listening under under 18? Get it out of the way now. Get it out of the way now. <laughs> Start breaking. No, just, yeah, do it. You know, no, I don't know. <laughs> Lighting, lighting uh, manure on fire in a bag, kind of like what Brian said happened with Bobby Petrino. Is it that bad? Is the Louisville football program really that bad right now? It appeared to be that Can bad. we draw a parallel from that innocent person's house whose door was lit on fire <laughs> to the current state of the Louisville football program? Is that a fair parallel? Oh, yeah. At the end of last it's season, actually yes. been, It's actually been Louisville, well, in basketball as well until Mike came in. I mean, it was a dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh, now football, we have to see what it turns into. Uh, Satterfield coming from App State, App, Appalachian State. I don't know uh, how long it's going to take him to get things turned around, but right now I don't think they have enough key position players to do much beyond three wins. Okay. I see uh, Elvis, Elvis Dumerville. What is that, his son? Or his nephew or something like that? He's hurt. got a big family, yeah. Yeah, he he's out for the year. He's medical red shirt. Yeah, okay. two guys not qualify, which is I think every team pretty much has a guy not qualify. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's starting to he's starting to instill his uh, discipline. He's got one guy suspended, so weed out the guys. You know what I'm saying? Because he had some uh, Petrino had some knuckleheads on a team last year. Sure, and that's what you got to do. You got to get rid of the cancer and and start and rebuild the program. So. Uh, since we're on college football, can we talk about Kentucky not allowing alcohol sales for the upcoming football season? For certain people. For certain people. Right, Gary? What did you say? Alcohol sales. Oh, you know what? what? Do a recap of what the rule is. The rule is the SEC adopted the rule this year that it's up to each individual team in the SEC if they want to sell alcohol at their, at their games. Beer, you know, stuff like that. So, schools have come out against it already. LSU's come out against it. There's several teams, as you see, that said no. I think they're not doing it because it came out so late, it's hard to get set up. For well, previously in the SEC, you couldn't. No, it was right. Banned. It was completely banned. Yes. No, not completely. Well, it was for general admission guys. Okay. Uh, these box seats. Oh, okay. It's always been that way? Well, they're, they're what do they call them? Sweets, the luxury right? sweets. Luxury sweets. Rich people. Yes. Yes. You so can rich, have rich people are allowed to get smashed drunk. Yes. But not poor people. See how they've right. segregated themselves from, you know, the rest so of the Mitch populace. Barnhart. And allowed this to, you know, it's a money thing. People yeah. like Papa John Schneider can just go nuts. Yeah. Oh. So. Yeah. 
And he did a lot of times. So and you, he, he still can't. Right. Well, you know, he's allowed to. He's rich. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just thought Mitch Barnhart coming out Thursday saying that I'm not going – he put down – he said, it's my decision. We're not going to allow drinking, and we're not going to vi- revisit this every year. He said, so right now, no, there's not going to be any drinking. And somebody asked him, well, why you let them drink it in the club seats? He's like, well, that's that's different. How's it different? It's hypocritical that one section of your just a little 40-foot section is allowed to drink, and the rest of them you're saying, oh, you're not mature enough to drink. The okay. thing is, is the general admission people still drink prior to absolutely. the game. Absolutely. Which, absolutely. Which absolutely kills them because they have to binge drink yeah. before they get in the game. As you you see people who were like, no, I woke up you. at 7.30 this morning, and I've been drinking all day. Binge drinkers are going to binge drink no matter what. Even if you can buy it in the stadium, they're going to binge drink. And I've been to Louisville football games where it is total chaos. I'm telling you, crazy fights. Um, it, it's just, at times, it's not very entertaining to watch a game while it's going on. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Well, you had to bid your drink last year Louisville games because they was getting smashed by every, time, every team they played. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I no, just, I'm I just think. any if season in general. I look at it like this. I don't drink personally. I don't drink because it's my choice. It shouldn't be Mitch Barnhorst's. Mitch Barnhart's choice whether I drink or not at a game, right? Uh, well, I it, look. I'll tell you what. In I, the real world, that's they've had the power to stop it. I guarantee right? you. I mean, uh, it, I guarantee you, attendance after this year will go down. Well, I think sports, live sports attendance across the board in every sport is going down. Other than Kentucky's uh, season ticket sales are up twenty percent this year. I guarantee they go down next year. Oh, you're talking about um, football? Yeah, yes. They've sold forty thousand season tickets as opposed to like thirty last. It'll year. It'll still be cyclical. What I mean is there'll still be ups, and there'll be a few years where things go down, mm-hmm. and then inevitably it'll have to go up a little. Look, I think right. It can't continually. You know, it could, but it's uh, across the board. Though I do think what you're saying, Chris, is accurate. People. I'm less likely to go to sporting events now than I ever was. Right. I'll try to go to an NBA game. I'm going to bring my son Johnny to an NBA game with me soon. Because you and know what, what finals are you going to try and watch? It'll be a Pacers game. Yeah. You know, because of proximity, uh, that's the easiest way to watch an NBA game. You know, NBA is so great. Right. What What's the best sporting event to go to, in your opinion? <sighs> I think uh, the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Okay. It's it's. That's th- there's there. nothing that can touch it that I've been through. Okay. To, so yeah. I attended Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Anthony that Joshua was, yeah. in Madison yeah. Square Garden. That was amazing. Yeah. That was the best sporting event I've ever been to. Now, no question. The best fan experience I went was the Mike Tyson fight here in Louisville. Oh wow! So it when was, he got beat. Yeah, right? he got oh, yeah. beat. When it when he came out to Tupac song, it was like using a video. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like nineteen thousand people just dancing; it was crazy. So, as far as fun, the atmosphere, I think that was probably one of the top ones. But my last thing about Mitch Barnhart, he's done great things for UK, but I get so tired of him talking down to fans; it's unreal. People don't like the uniforms. Well, I like them. I'm, it's my choice to make yeah. the uniform. You know, everything, it's my choice. If you don't like them, I don't know what to tell you. And I just don't like the way he does that to fans. Mm-hmm. 
But he's a good athletic director. Yeah, he is. He won Athletic Director of the Year this year. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I guess you take the good with the bad. We want to thank Louisville Combat Academy for their support. Located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Live every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. Here on 96.1 FM, 1450 a.m. WXVW, The Big X. We want to thank our man Dugan Ryan and Ryan Media for allowing us to be on the air. Shout out to Doug Wolverton, uh, everybody here at the station who allows us to be on the air. Been on the air here since 2012. Okay. So we got a nice little run going of weekend sports talk. We get an opportunity to recap everything from the week that was in the world of sports. Anything we want to talk about every Sunday morning. I absolutely love it. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. During the break, I had my man Gary Love and Chris. You guys got to watch not the entirety of it. But on 1530, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, Mo Egger, we need to have him back on the show soon, but he's a great sports radio personality in Cincinnati, covers the Reds and Bengals and Cincinnati Bearcats. On his blog, somebody posted some from some baseball site a hilarious breakdown of the entire brawl between the Pirates and the Reds. And it, it showed Joey Votto was yapping at the pitcher and people were talking trash back and forth. You could read their mouths and see the, the profanity they were saying. This guy did a great job of breaking that down. I'll tweet it out. If you want to check it out, at the Kelly Patrick on Twitter, I'll tweet out that link and we'd love to hear from you know your feedback on that. But it's good, man. If the Reds are going to be not a good baseball team, they need to be entertaining. I want to see some, di- you know, some some fireworks, right? Absolutely. And that certainly was it. Amir Garrett, college basketball player, clearly a freak athlete, now a major league baseball pitcher, just charged at and was swinging on an entire team. So you- and nothing psychologically impresses me more than sprinting into a crowd of people for you know it was warranted. At that time, they were all talking trash back and forth to each other and, and, and attacked them. One thing that stood out to me is Yasiel Puig, obviously, is traded no longer with the <clears throat> Reds, okay? Traded to the Indians. Now, I'm an Indians fan, too. I don't hate the Indians. My grandfather on my mother's side was always an Indians fan and Brown, so I don't hate Cleveland. Um, <laughs> but Yasiel Puig... After the entire thing was over, because he was very involved in this brawl, after the entire thing was over, you can see him, if you watched the entirety of that video we were just watching, Gary, 
he walks over and starts yelling at the Cincinnati Reds players who are still sitting in the dugout. Like, what are you guys doing? We're out here fighting. Why are you sitting there? You don't have our back? Calling them, I don't know, sissy or probably some different words also. So I don't know if somebody told Puig right then, you know, hey, man, you just got traded. You're not a Red anymore. And then he just went off on his teammates. But it didn't end <laughs> didn't end so smooth in terms of Yasiel Puig being a, a teammate for the existing members of the Cincinnati Reds. Here, can, can, can we hear Gary? Doc, can we hear Gary? Yes, we can. Okay. How, how crazy was it that Puig was still in the game after being traded? That almost never happened. That is weird. Unless he requested to stay in the game. Did you see the fan in the stands yell at one of the players saying that Puig had been traded to Cleveland? I didn't see that. Yeah, he was telling me, he was like, no way. Everybody no way. has their phone, Twitter, yeah. available on their phone. Yeah, and uh, I think it was funny. Puig showed up at his uh, press conference at uh, Cleveland day before yesterday in his uh, Cincinnati Red Sliders hunt. <laughs> so, I mean, I, he said he loved playing there. But it was a short run. Yeah, absolutely. Right? He was a rented player for a year. They couldn't afford to keep him. Uh, but I'm, I'm with Chris. If, if you're not going to win a bunch of games, be entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind people <clears throat> when they hit home runs looking at it, flipping their bats. I mean, big deal. I like my baseball WWE flavored. I like everything WWE flavored. Yeah. I just don't understand why he got eight games for that. Okay. Guys charging. Who, who, who did? Uh, Garrett. He got eight games suspension. Okay. But guys charging He's a starting the mound. pitcher. I mean, eight games is nothing. He's going to miss two rotations. Right. He's what? No, he's. No, he's a reliever. Oh, I'm middle sorry. Reliever, you're a yeah. reliever. Yeah, yeah. But, he did come up as a starter, but you're right. He's yeah, middle but he, uh, players that charge his mound get two or three games. Why okay. would he get eight? I mean, just because he started an all-out brawl don't mean <laughs> he should get eight games for it. I would like to know what he was saying to the pitching coach and to the catcher because they looked like they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> in in the commentator on this breakdown that I was referring to, available on 1530ESPN.com, <laughs> Mo Egger's site was say he he was hypothesizing about what they were actually saying to each other, and he had Amir Garrett saying he was holding the glove over his mouth like they do in baseball, so you can't see what he's saying. And he's going, "See them over there? I'm going to go fight all them." And then you see the, <laughs> the, the the pitching coach and the catcher going, "Oh my God, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah them. I'm getting ready to go fight all them." <laughs> and they were like, "Okay," and they were you know because Amir Garrett's like six eight. Big guy yeah. and the pitching coach and the catcher were like, you know, well, probably they, my height, five nine, five ten, and and they were going, okay, you gonna go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting ready to go fight all them. Give me just a minute. I'm gonna go fight all them. And then, the and then he coach, just he just dropped his glove and just sprinted at them. Well, the pitching coach said he looked at Doug, he looked at the bullpen and said, yeah, all right, we're gonna need another one out here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're gonna need another pitcher. He said he's gonna go fight all them. <laughs> it was awesome, man. Oh, yeah. Nothing beats a baseball fight. Yeah. I don't think. What's the? You have any, any memorable ones? I like the Robin Ventura versus Nolan Ryan one. That's one of the best all time. Because yeah. uh, Nolan Ryan was like, "Okay, you want to go? You want to go?" And grabbed him in a headlock and just kept punching him. So <laughs> I mean, if Ryan. you're going to charge a pitcher, you better be ready to fight, right? You Nolan be, Ryan was a beast. I was more of the Pedro Martinez fighting the third base coach. Oh my God, Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, Don oh, Zimmer. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Didn't he spit? There was something. I don't know what they did, but it was crazy. Don Zimmer was like 90. He's yeah. out there fighting him. Old men, <laughs> any men, sometimes people just get false sense of 
uh, bravado or whatever the word is. But Zimmer was charging at Pedro Martinez. Yeah. Old about, man Zimmer was like, I'm going to attack you. You're a top-level athlete in your prime, but I'm coming at you. <laughs> I'm 80. And, you know and, and, and Pedro Martinez just threw him down. Randy Johnson. Okay. Do you remember him fighting? Um, uh, man, yeah. it, it, he uh, got a guy in a headlock. And could you imagine getting hit? 6'10". You know what's funny, though? The cop turning his back on the fight. Did you see that? Well, I, I saw. I did see that. I saw. I, I, I've seen some... Other cops commenting, yeah. saying it was clear that cop was looking to see if anyone was running in, you know, doing his job. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to see if some fans were jumping in. Yeah. But it looked like he was just like, these guys can't fight, <laughs> right? Yeah. It looked like that's what he was thinking. Like, I know how, I know, you know, what a fight looks like, and yeah. I don't, I'm not even entertained by this. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was funny. What, what's the weakest fight you see? Oh, my God. There's a lot of them. Everyone. I mean, not everyone, but. Oh, come uh, on. As far as sporting events. Soccer is the worst, dude. Okay. Well, you know the the uh, now I'm talking not people in the crowd. I'm talking actually the players. Uh, they all how many times do they pull a? Uh, oh yeah, they fall down. Uh, they they fall down and act like they've been killed. You know, I think yeah. the dumbest fighting is football. You're punching a guy with a helmet on. Yeah, I mean, come it on, is. man. It's, it's roid rage. Sense. I think. Well, yeah, maybe roid rage. There is a degree of. Oh, my God, that guy's punching that guy's helmet with a bare fist. He must be crazy. Yeah. So I do kind of like that, the yeah. psychology behind that. Like, why would you punch somebody with an NFL helmet on? You're not even going to be able to get a punch through there. Uh, or hockey. What, do they allow so many punches for the referee now, steps in? How about when they do. Hockey's a yeah. different deal, Have especially seen, at the highest of levels. How about the people that jump in the boxing ring and start pounding on the – I mean, you've seen, you know, where people jump in the ring. Uh, mother – of uh, one of the boxers yeah. jumped in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I have a bunch of crazy stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, you you know, baseball definitely needed it though. They needed some entertaining entertainment value beyond the game yeah, at who, certain t- at, at least for the the casual fan. Right? Who was it that jumped over the the cage and started started hitting uh, Habib Nurmagomedov? Yeah, that was wild. That was wild, wasn't it? Yeah, he was taking on Conor McGregor. He beat yeah. Conor McGregor, choked him out with a mandible choke. What was that, Doc? A mandible jaw choke. Mandible jaw choke. Legit choke. Yeah. Not the most conventional, not something that we practice every day in the jiu-jitsu academy, right, Doc? Correct. So a lot of people said it was a neck crank. Doesn't matter. He was getting ready to rip, rip Conor's head off, and Conor tapped. Right, Doc? Also correct. Yeah, there's no question about that. So, uh, Whoever Habib, invented that name, uh, mandible jaw choke, that's pretty redundant because your jaw is your mandible. But anyway, okay. go ahead. Okay. I know we're not trying <laughs> to spend a whole lot of time on MMA, but what about Chris Cyborg being released? Interesting for me there. I'll, uh, my description is Amanda Nunez is the best female fighter of all time, okay? Open lesbian. I think she's attractive, Amanda Nunez, okay? The fact that she's attractive and articulate and charming allows her to be somewhat marketable. Okay, so what Dana White cares about is marketability. Mm-hmm. Chris Cyborg looks like a dude, not charming at all. Okay, okay. I'm just being honest. Dana White's like, look like a dude, not charming at all, and you lost your cut. Greatest fighter ever, I don't care. One of the greatest female fighters ever. Dana White's all about marketability. Yeah, yeah we know this. Uh the female side of fighting um, has 
glam to it. It's it's. I don't know. They I, they prop up certain fighters. This is obvious. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting though what Dana White said about her. Saying that she she didn't want to fight the top ladies because she was scared to lose again. Mm-hmm. And she probably is. He said so she can go to Bellator and fight all them girls that she can beat. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh. In the past week or so, there was a um, boxer that uh, died shortly after the fight. Oh yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. Boxing is definitively more dangerous than MMA. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I like boxing because it's been in their family for generations. It but is. then they're like, oh, my goodness, MMA is for savages. Well, I mean, you look at the numbers. A lot yeah. more people have died boxing, and it's not just because it's been around longer. It's more likely a lot more shots to the head. That's yeah. what's bad for your brain is repeated shots to the head. And the stoppage is so much quicker than MMA. I mean, when they see a guy's in trouble, they stop at boxing. They just... Kind of let them go on. Oh, yeah. Taking shots to the head and yeah. boxing is part of over it. Over and over, yeah. So talking about uh, crazy events where athletes have fought, you know, when they weren't supposed to. There's a boxer, James Butler. Okay. Mm-hmm. You guys know who Max Kellerman is? Yes. He had a brother named Sam Kellerman. You guys familiar with this story? No. no. Doc? No. Sam Kellerman? And Max Kellerman, both from New York, came up kind of doing somewhat like what I'm doing, being involved in the fight scene. Not MMA, just boxing. Okay. So they were journalists, and they were involved with fighters on the local scene. In national and international. Obviously, these guys are much bigger deal than me. Max Kellerman and Sam. Sam became friends with a local boxer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that guy had a, a troubled past, James Butler. He was most famously known for... This is a horrible story. He's most famously known for losing a fight. And then after the, the, the one guy got his hand raised, he attacked his opponent. Sucker, sucker punched him. Just a complete cheap shot. Horrible display. Once again, James Butler, Google it. That guy ended up living with Sam Kellerman. He needed a place to stay. Mentally ill. James Butler is mentally ill. Attacked and killed Max Kellerman's brother, Sam Kellerman. Killed him. Meant very mentally ill fighter. So, wow. I mean, that's about as bad yeah. of a story as it gets. Sorry to be such a Debbie Downer here <laughs> on the weekend sports buzz. But, I mean, there's a lot of cases of people get going crazy in a cage or a ring. Do you think the boxing had something to do with the mental illness? You know, or, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, taking trauma, head trauma like that, I mean... People have fallen uh, and had head injuries, and their uh, personality completely changes after they, uh, mm-hmm. you know. I would guess there was some predisposition, mental illness type stuff for that guy anyways, okay? Some people are just crazy. Who's the, who's the jujitsu guy, Doc, who has fought MMA and, and just holds on to submissions even after people tap and the ref? Paul who, Harris. Okay. Luis Paul Harris. He won't let go. Right? Brazilian guy, right, Doc? Correct. He, he wins, he and the ref stops him. and says, hey, man, stop. The fight's over. You won. And what does he do, Doc? He keeps going. I mean, it's just insanity. I mean, Why would anybody want to fight that guy? I don't know. I don't, I don't think they should. I think you should be barred from the sport immediately upon something like that. He is right? barred from the UFC. Okay. 
Uh, Paul Daly is also barred from the USC, right, Doc? I believe so. Yeah, got to be because he, he took to a be... cheap shot on his opponent in the USC too, and Dana White came out and said, um, "You know, we're done with Paul Daly. Paul Daly's now in Bellator, and he's exciting. He's a stand-up, like a, a kickboxing um, type guy, but he's banned from the USC. Not to go just you know back on uh, uh, just combat sports stuff, you know, not to harp on that." <clears throat> Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had a nice punch on somebody at one point. You guys see that? Yeah. I think maybe on Larry Bird, was it? I'll bring up the video Larry here. Bird? I think Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar may have punched Larry Bird. I'm looking yeah. at the Randy Johnson one here. You could say you were punched by the longest arms in the history of a fight. I mean. A legendary fight on the court that I've always heard about was, my dad always told me about it. I didn't watch it live, was Kermit Washington punched Rudy Tomjanovich. He got, oh, but he got twenty game suspension for that. Yeah, okay. I mean it. It done some broke severe, his jaw. I think he had to have yeah reconstructive surgery and the worst fight I've ever seen from an NBA, NBA player, Shaquille O'Neal against who? Uh, Charles Barkley. Okay, he yeah, could, yeah. He couldn't land a punch to save now, his life. Shaq could never land a punch. Do you remember he tried to fight uh, that white guy? What's Brad his, Miller? Brad Miller <laughs> and couldn't <laughs> land a punch on him. It's crazy. And I don't even think Brad Miller's seen it coming, and he still couldn't land it. <laughs> you know, Carmelo Anthony caught some flack for um, for punching, but throwing a quick punch and then backing off. I mean, the goal is to get hit and not get hit. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't hate on Carmelo Anthony as much as some people you do. Protect for that. your head, man. Yeah, if you're in a fight, your goal is to hit somebody and then get the hell out of there. Maybe then sneak back in and hit him again. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not trying to hang around and get hit. Rondo, a, Rondo had a quick one-two punch on Chris Paul earlier this he year. He did. I liked it. All right, here's a clip here. Um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar in the post. All right, somebody hits him in the genitals. Who yeah. is that? I don't know. Tom, who, no, no. I don't know who it is. Watch. Yeah. What's Kareem Abdul Jabbar do? He gets his wits about him, boom, and then just tags him in the head, and the guy drops. So I mean, I wouldn't recommend going around hitting people in the genitals. No, no, especially no. somebody's that biggest. Like a Duke move, okay? Yeah, and that's then a Grayson just... Allen move. How's Grayson Allen doing these days? Probably getting his ass kicked. Uh, I think he where's he at Memphis Grizzlies now. I think he got traded. <laughs> you know, uh, he tries to still play this good uh, boy while he. Is one of the dirtiest college players I can remember. He reminds me of a spoiled kid growing up. Oh, very, very privileged. He can't handle adversity. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, speaking of uh, Duke, I mean, have you seen some of the uh, preseason top 25 uh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen predictions some. for um, – I don't know, man. I, I don't think Memphis is uh, going to – nobody knows what to expect from them because you got a new coach, obviously, uh, and all those guys. What do you think? They'll, you, you think they'll be a top-ten team? Yeah, because their conference is so bad. Yeah. I mean, they've got Houston, and they've got Cincinnati somewhat, but they lost their coach, so totally different system that John Brennan's going to be running, but – I just think the conference is so bad. They got Tulane, Tulsa. Uh, Central Florida is going to take a step back. South Florida is not very good. So, no, nah, Memphis would be good. They'll get in the tournament. Uh, they should be exciting because they don't do nothing. They run no offensive sets. They run down the court and shoot threes. That's right. all they do. 
Um, <clears throat> but the one team I think is going to stand out this year will be Kansas. Kansas should be pretty good this year. And what do you think about Michigan State? I think they don't have no true postman. But don't they have the, they have them in the top five? They've got them preseason number one because right. they've got Cassius Winston back, and they get uh, the one guy they had back from a uh, foot injury. And I just – Kentucky plays them the first game of the year. That's all right. Right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, uh, you like coming out of the gate uh, against a big opponent like that? I mean, last year didn't work out good for Kentucky because Duke obviously had the super team. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't I don't mind opening the season with a big with a big team. I mean, it don't matter to me. Guys, we're right up against the end of the first hour. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the weekend sports buzz. We've got plenty more to discuss in the second hour. Be sure to stay tuned. Chris, Gary, Doc. And I, we will be back. Welcome back to the second hour of the Weekend Sports Buzz. We appreciate everyone tuning in this morning. The Louisville Combat Academy Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. You can follow us on Twitter. Interact with the show at WSB1450. Is our show Twitter account. Our man Steve Driver helps us with that one. At Scouting You on Twitter is Gary Love. Myself, I'm on Twitter at the Kelly Patrick. We encourage you to interact with us, call in, tweet at us, let us know what you think of the show, any questions you have. Guys, what's the big storylines headed into, let's be honest, the bread and butter of our show, college basketball nationally for next season? Um, I think the big storyline is going to be First of all, Louisville and Kentucky are going to be preseason top five, I would think. Yep. Uh, the local scene's going to be, <clears throat> I mean, obviously have a much of the spotlight, but you also have Duke, Kansas, and Michigan State, I believe, that round out the top five of most people's preseason top five. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of marquee games for the season coming up now. <clears throat> I think Kentucky uh, still has a lack of depth at uh, the uh, center position. So that's going to be one thing to uh, keep an eye on for Kentucky. On the other hand, Louisville, um, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, guard depth uh, can do for Louisville because I think they're down low. They they look pretty good um, for the upcoming season. But uh, what do you think, Gary? Uh, you think Kentucky's going to live up to the preseason expectations? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be – I don't know a lot of teams that could run with them because yeah. they're, they're going to be fast. Uh, I agree. They they are – they do 
have a question mark at the center position. If Nick Richards don't take a step up like he needs to, they're going to be hurting down low. E.J. Montgomery, I don't know why they keep slotting him as a five. He's a three, four. He's six, nine. He he shoots jumpers. Uh, Nate Sistine is a power forward. He shoots jumpers. So they don't have yeah, any. Yeah, but he can. He, he can, can rebound. He, he averaged eight rebounds a game last year at Bucknell. Uh, you just need a true five that can get out there and block some shots. And Nick Richards has all of the uh, skills to do that. Yeah, his it's is his mental. Com- yeah, his confidence is uh, always iffy. Uh, he, yep. he showed out very well in the Bahamas last yep. year per, before the season. Uh, but when it comes around to the regular season, he ends up um, taking a step back for some reason. Uh, you know, he would step up certain games. You need to see a, a consistency out of He's going to be a junior. He He cannot use the inexperienced card again, right? I mean – it's on him, and uh, hopefully he can step up for Kentucky and, and live up to uh, his potential because I think he can be a lottery pick if he played to his potential. What do you think? Yeah, but I just think he don't have the fear of being put on the bench this year because there's nobody behind him. So, he, I mean, maybe that's a little bit of self-confidence there, knowing that they're not going to take you out of the game because they can't take you out of the game. So maybe he gets to work over some of these issues and mistakes he makes and learn from them in game time. That's not always the case with these Kentucky teams. They get so many highly ranked players, right, that you're yeah. like, well, if you want to play, you really got to show out, right? Because yeah. you got somebody who's ranked just as high as you on the bench. I yeah. think that's one uh, of the strengths, though, because if you can play against a very good guy in practice. Sure. Oh, it's definitely a, a – an asset for the Kentucky basketball team. Alabama football, for example. You know, they're starting left guard. Better produce because they got somebody ranked just as high as him behind him. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Depth, obviously, is always a good thing, in my opinion. Right. Absolutely. And and Cal is not – I don't think he's – I don't think he's dead set on Nick Richards because he's still going after these guys. I mean, he tried to get – Blackshear, he didn't get him. Now he's trying to get in Fale Dante, and he's still yet to decide where he's going. I think he's going to Oregon, but it just seems like he's looking for one more player. Yeah, but you know what? I think uh, Kentucky uh, at the guard positions is going to be the strongest, the best um, front court, or I'm sorry, back court in the uh, country uh, with Tyrese Maxey, Ashton Hagens. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Johnny Juzang. Uh, am I leaving somebody else off, uh, Gary, for the guards? No. I mean, I think I think <clears throat> Kelton Brooks is going to be really good. Uh, Keon Brooks. Yeah, Keon Brooks, and uh, and I think he'll I think he'll surprise people. They got him slated as a three year player. I don't think it's a three year guy. No, I think he's going to really break out yeah. for and, Kentucky and Louisville. You know, Louisville's roster. You know, like Chris said, they're they're going to be strong inside. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. You guys are more Kentucky guys than Louisville guys. What what are the issues Cards fans are looking forward to? David Johnson sounds like he'll be out maybe till about January. Yeah, so that, that hurts the, got, the point guard depth up yeah, until then. But right, uh, Kentucky has Dante Allen out as well. Uh, 
kind of resembled both of them got injured uh at the end of their senior seasons and uh but i think um what's going to be uh louisville's main issue is point guard um consistent point guard and and a backup point guard can um can they really get somebody running uh you know running the game for them i don't know um who do you think is going to be the starting point guard for uh, Louisville, Gary? I think Fresh Kimball will be the starting point guard. And then I look for David Johnson. You know, I was going to, I was going to think he'd, he'd take it by Christmas, but him being hurt, uh, if he's out till January, I don't know why they don't redshirt him. Yeah, it's hard to come in after uh, an injury like that midseason. Uh, you're so far behind compared to the rest of the team. The chemistry might not be there because you weren't there for, you know, half of the season. Uh, there's a lot of issues that holds players back like that when they get a, uh injury that keeps them out at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think Louisville's strong as far as, like, they they got Fresh Kimball to point. Uh, they got Samuel Williamson, which I think he'll probably be a three. They, they want to put Jordan Nora to two. I just don't think he can guard another shooting guard. Ooh. I mean, he struggled all year last year guarding. Now, um, Jordan Nora has never really had anybody behind him pushing him for playing time. Right. You're going to have Samuel Williamson come in and, you know, expect to get some playing time as well. And they seem to be the same type player, right? And uh, you got to see how this team's going to play – you can't keep one of your best players on the uh, bench just because you have another player out there at the same position. So Louisville may have to find a way to play Samuel Williamson and Nora at the same time. See, I'd put I'd put Nora to three. I'd put Williamson at the four, and I'd put Dwayne Sutton at the two because he can actually shoot a little bit, okay. and he's a hard-nosed defender. And then you've got plenty of guys to pick from from the five position. Louisville, if Louisville's going to beat Kentucky this year in in college basketball, it's going to have to happen down low with Louisville's um, depth that they have. Uh, normally, Kentucky has uh, a lot more depth down low than they do this upcoming season. And if um, uh, whatever ends Kentucky's season this coming year, uh, upcoming year will be uh, connected to uh, the you know the post players. If you ask me, uh, that's the one thing that can really hurt them but um what about the hoosiers <sighs> crickets yeah they're good i i think i they their if, best recruits are like three stars and they are acting like they land somebody i just think indiana's gonna struggle as far as like they their postmen are suspect too they got a transfer from butler i believe it is um and they didn't recruit anybody in. They got like one or two players in that's really not going to help them this year. And it's it's almost all, like they're they scared struggle to this recruit year? the way they've been recruiting. Yeah. I, I, you know, the I, FBI deal makes me think that some of these supposed good recruiters, when when they fall off the map after that, it, it kind of points to, you know, shadiness. But whatever. I just think if they struggle this year, they're not going to keep Archie around another sure. year. Because yeah. he hasn't done anything to warrant them keeping him around. But it, nobody has done anything for Indiana in the past 10 years, really. I mean, a sweet 16 is what they've got in the last 10 years. So, you know, 
um, not to keep throwing dirt on them, but um, it's hard to find something to be positive about. You had, you know, Romeo, and you couldn't do much with him. They didn't even go to the NCAA tournament. So um, that's pretty that, – that looks bad. And if you're a uh, high-profile player, why would you want to go there? If You, you want to be able to uh, – showcase your skills in front of a national audience. Well, I guess to a degree, Romeo did that, right? He's in the NBA. He yeah. is. Right? Uh, yeah. But scouts he, don't he got miss plenty players. of playing time, didn't he? I don't oh, think yeah. he got so, exposure, I mean, though, if is he, what I'm saying. Had he went to Kentucky, how much would he have played? He would have gotten exposure. Well, I wouldn't have wanted him, actually. Okay, I, so I, I'm that's what I mean, right? Of him. Would he have played? How much, Gary, would he have played? <laughs> I don't think he would. He would have played. He played some. Um, he wouldn't but have been. Hero had done. such a good year. Yeah, but who's to say? Who's to say that he wouldn't have started out the year ahead of Hero because he was a higher ranked player? Um, I just never thought he was going to Kentucky because him and Cal didn't get along when he when he played on that Team USA. No, he I never knew. even got off the bench hardly. He cut him before the final. No, uh, he made he he played. All the way through the the bronze medal game, he just didn't get off the bench. Oh no! Okay, yeah, but no, he would have played at Kentucky, but he wouldn't average seventeen points a game like he did in Indiana. So Indiana helped him as far as like getting his shots, but as far as using him in the offense, I didn't think they used him very well in the offense at all. I'm thinking of Bobo. I think he cut Bobo, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Bobo. Yeah, he Manu cut Bolson. him. Yeah. He, he cut him. How from tall him. is he? Seven one seven two. So only that only seven one. No, he's seven three. I think. Is he? I'll bring it up. Yeah, I think he's, I think seven, he's seven two. Uh, and I know he pops threes at seven foot three. Yeah. I mean, Manute would would hit some threes occasionally. Yeah, towards the end of his career. Yeah. It, but it was a different era in terms of three point shooting. Just because Manute Bull hit, I don't know, Did, fifteen career threes. Didn't Manute where Shaq Bowl, only hit one? So people are like. Manute Bull could shoot threes. I think he had like seven in one game, didn't he, at one time? Well, what I was going to say is, didn't Manute Bull uh, box? The refrigerator? <laughs> the refrigerator Will Perry. Yeah. Right? Pay-per-view? No, I don't think it was pay-per-view. What What was that? Uh, was that just like a major Just a ce- celebrity boxing match. I yeah. forget how you watched it, but they did. Manute Bull, I think, has passed away now. Yes. Uh, Manute Bowl career. So, Bowl Bowl's listed at 7-2. Manute Bowl, I'm bringing up his career stats. How many three-pointers do you guys think he hit in his career? 96. Okay. I said 15. I'm going to say. I'll stick with what I said. It's probably more than that. I, I'm going to say 80. All right. I'll bring it up here. Bear with me. So, I mean, we, we come back to. Dwan Wagner's son, Manute Bull's son. Yeah. You know, I like stuff like that. It's yeah. easy to follow, right? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, but you know what? These uh, sons of superstars have a huge uh, shadow from the day. De- you know, you don't see many um, 43. Offspring. 43. Manute Bull hit 43 career three-pointers. Okay. I think most of them fight in his last two years in the league. Because he couldn't bang down low anymore, which I don't think he ever could, but he could block shots. Actually, in 88 and 89, he hit 20 threes. He played from 85 through 95. Um, 
He hit eighty. He hit twenty and eighty-eight, eighty-nine. He hit ten and ninety-two, ninety-three. Those were the most. I remember, but I mean, he he didn't. You know, he didn't shoot that great of a percentage. He shot twenty-one percent from three-point land for his career. Yeah. But if you're going to leave him open, Yao Ming, if you had left him open, he, Sean Bradley, those guys are good shooters. I want to know. Sure, Sabonis, same uh, thing. You know, back in the fifties, there were guys that were eight foot that didn't play. You know. Basketball. Why haven't we had an eight footer, man? I mean, we've had seven. What's seven seven is the biggest we have right now? In the we've NBA. had a couple. It's Taco, Taco Fall. Taco Fall seven seven. Okay, Manute Bowl was seven seven. George Murison was also seven seven. Anybody yeah. taller than that? Is that the tallest player ever? Well, was when, when seven, you get eight? much taller than that, you start sacrificing agility, and yeah. you have serious health issues. No. Even people that tall have serious health issues. Who's your favorite giant? Ever in the history of basketball. Doc, you can get in on this, too. Cool. Favorite favorite giant in the history of basketball. I like Manu Bull. Okay. That's probably my number one. <clears throat> Mine is Yao Ming. I just loved his game, man. If he had stayed healthy, God, he could. He shot like 91% from the free throw line. Yeah. He was a real good passer, real good shot blocker. And he was really just a smart player. I, he's my favorite. You guys, what, who's your favorite giant? I guess you could consider him a giant. Uh, I have... At least when he entered the league, uh, Porzingis was pretty. Okay, pretty seven three, good. right? Very agile for his size. Me, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought they were all terrible. Uh, I'll go with the worst seven footer that I've ever seen play, Sean Bradley. Okay, <laughs> he was. Was he the number one overall pick? He was close. He was terrible. Didn't he become like a governor or something? I don't know. He's Mormon from Utah. Played, yeah, played for Majerus, I think. Does that sound Did right? He? I thought he played BYU. I'll bring it up here. You may be right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Probably. I think we've seen worse seven footers than that guy. Come on. Oh, oh yeah, we've seen worse because he wasn't that bad. You know who was actually pretty good? He got dunked on by 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 oh, Vince yeah. Carter. Bad. Mark Eaton was pretty good. Oh, he was good. Seven yeah. four yeah. for Utah. Big yeah. shot blocker. Yep. Yep. I remember him pinning uh, Rex Chapman's shot on the backboard without even jumping. And Rex Chapman did his days worth him down as a foul. <laughs> okay, so Sean Bradley was the second overall pick in 93 out of BYU. You were right, Gary. He played from 93 through 2005. So pretty good run. What's the career, career averages? I'll bring it up here. He led the NBA in blocks in 97. Yeah. NBA All-Rookie second team in 94. He averaged 8.1 points per game for his career. 6.3 rebounds per game, 2.5 blocks per game. I'm going to bring his, his numbers up here. I, I think he shot an okay free throw percentage. Not quite as good as, as when Yao Ming. That's what I love. It's, I think people hate on big guys too much. They're yeah. like, I like the shorter guy because I can relate to them. I, I think if I started a franchise, you give me anyone healthy, healthy version of them, the healthiest Yao Ming's very high on my list of players I would take for a single game. He brought the NBA to China, and, uh, you know, that really broadened the the net the NBA has throughout the world. And I think it, uh, you know, didn't they play some game like some preseason games in China or something? Yep. You know so, there's a uh, seven foot seven high school basketball player right now. I think I've seen him, the really skinny guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's wow. He's, <laughs> he's not going to play in the bone. NBA. No. Not going. Sean Bradley shot seventy one point six percent 
from the free throw line his entire uh, NBA career, which is pretty good. I like that. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We got our man Marcus on the line with us. How are you this morning, Marcus? Well, I'm entertained by the whole favorite giant conversation, but I'm not sure I understand your answer. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I know Kelly has talked about, you know, his favorite players and who he thinks is underrated and doesn't get enough credit in the NBA. And I don't understand why Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not Kelly's favorite giant. Okay, that's fair. I, I, I have said in the past, and I will maintain, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the best basketball player ever. And to a degree, yes, you're right, he is very over, underrated, uh, Marcus. So I agree with you on that. I, I just think uh, Yao Ming is kind of the great what-if. If he had stayed healthy, in my mind, he could have been even better than he was. But you're right, Marcus, I'll stick with you on that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, best basketball player ever, in my opinion. And I don't know if you've ever read uh, any of his books. One of his first books, one of his autobiographies, he was talking about after he got to UCLA, uh, he was never measured to see how tall he really was when he came out of high school, right? Okay. UCLA just accepted whatever they were told uh, from Power Memorial. And years later, after he was in the pros, he was going through a, a physical after he was traded from, wasn't it Milwaukee to Los Angeles? Yeah. Yep. And the doctor said, based on the results, like the bones, when they were looking at his bones and everything like that, the guy said, well, what do they list you at now? Seven two, seven three. And Jabbar said, yeah. And he goes, you know, a lot of really tall guys, they spurt up to a certain height and then they settle a little bit. And this doctor told Kareem that he believed that when he was in college, he was probably about seven foot five, rather than seven two or seven three, and that really puts him in that giant category. Wow, interesting. Okay. So, what are we talking about today? Probably more boring college basketball five months before the season starts, right? One of the exciting things we talked about, not college basketball related, was the Pittsburgh Pirates and Cincinnati Reds brawl. Did you see that? <laughs> well, I mean, I saw some of the replays. What, what do you think of the, the fight, that fight, and through the history of baseball, what is your favorite fight in baseball? I want an actual fight. Is it Robin Ventura and Nolan Ryan? Who, who is it? Is it Mike? Oh, please, Mike, come on. Mike what, what do you think my Roger favorite Clemens? fight in baseball is? Who, what do, I, what do I think is? I'm a Red Sox fan, right? My favorite fight in the history of baseball is when that mouthy jackass, Don Zimmer, ran onto the field and started yapping at Pedro Martinez, and Martinez dropped his fat old ass <laughs> with one punch. <laughs> I love it. I can watch that replay every hour of every day for the rest of my life. I forgot about that. That's funny. That was, yeah. a, good, that was a good one, Marcus. I'm with you on that. Okay. Anything else stand out to you? Uh... Well, I, I was listening earlier some, and, and, I, and I just wanted to point out, when you were talking about, you know, fights in other sports and this, that, and the other, you mentioned the Kermit Washington, Rudy Tomjanovich. Yep. That was not a fight. 
Rudy Tomjanovich was running down Sucker the court. Punched. Yeah, and Kermit Washington spun around and punched Tom Tomjanovich. And one of the reasons why there were so many complications for that was not just that Tom Tomjanovich had no idea it was coming, was that he ran into it full speed while Kermit Washington was spinning to throw a punch. Now, you guys are all in martial arts. I'm sure you understand the torque that you build up when you spin to kick or hit somebody. And so, you know, if you when you watch that video, it's old and grainy. But Tom Jonovich literally goes down like somebody shot him in the head. Yeah, it was very disturbing. I know Tom Tom Jonovich, Rudy T, had to have some facial reconstructive surgery. But even to this day, you can kind of tell by looking at him, his face is messed up. Well, and there's a great book on that called The Punch by John Feinstein. Okay. And uh, I read that a few years ago. It's really fascinating because I don't think you realize how good the Warriors team was uh, that Tom, I mean, the Rockets team was that Tom Jonovich was on uh, with Calvin Murphy and some other guys. And, and they talk about, too, that uh, I'm trying to think of his name. It's not Spencer Haywood. But it was, it might, well, maybe it was. There was a guy that played for the Celtics back in the 70s that was thought of as kind of an enforcer, and he had a huge, like one of the biggest afros you've ever seen, right? Okay. And they talk about in the book that the tough guy on the Rockets was Calvin Murphy, who was like 5'9", 160. Mm-hmm. So when he went after this guy, the way that he got up to punch this guy in the face was he jumped up and grabbed this guy by the afro, and then hung on and punched him in the face. <laughs> now that's something I'd like to see a video of, right? Oh, goodness, dude. <clears throat> yeah. Entertainment value on this call is a, a 9.5. Well, that's what we're going for when we, when Marcus calls in. So, I mean, you know, I, I certainly appreciate your contribution to the weekend sports was this morning, Marcus. Before we let you go, anything else going on in the world of sports that, that piques your interest right now? Well, I, you know who uh, Skip, uh, how do you pronounce his last name, Ballas? Bayless. Bayless, Skip Bayless on uh, ESPN. You know, he's mostly a witless moron who goes on there and worships Jerry Jones like he's the second coming of Jesus H. Christ. But he actually got something right this week. I don't know if you saw any of his tweets about Tom Brady in that NFL players list, you know, only coming in at number six. That okay. guy was outraged by that. Now, the only thing, I don't really care where Tom, you know, from year to year, you have to expect the rankings to change somewhat. <laughs> but I would just say that might have been an error because you know how Tom's always looking for outside motivation. Sure. Right? Yeah. And I want to wish Tom Brady the greatest quarterback in the history of football. He turned 42. I believe that was yesterday. And uh, let me ask you something. If you had to bet, if each of you guys had to bet $10,000 cash <clears throat> on this bet, whether or not Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl before he retires, which way would you bet it? <clears throat> I think he's going to win another one. Yeah, I'd probably say Me yes. Too. I'd probably say yes. Uh, he, what he, about you, Gary? I, I'll go against the grain. I'll say no. Okay. Okay. All right. And Doc? I'll go with uh, no, just to be naysayer with Gary. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't know, man. He. Uh, oh, I think Julian Edelman has a T-shirt that he wants to sell to Doc and uh, Gary. 
It's the one he had printed up before they went to the Chiefs game that said bet against us. So maybe you can pick some of those up. Yeah, he's uh, definitely going down as the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, I don't think there's any question, right? Um, it's it's pretty amazing what he's doing. And he, he don't look like he's lost uh, much uh, with his age. It's pretty amazing. I mean, whatever he's doing. Oh, and, and speaking of that, did, did I mention to you on the air a couple of weeks ago about, you know, you mentioned earlier Max Kellerman's brother was killed, right? Yeah, I did. Well, too bad it wasn't Max Kellerman because oh. he's a jackass. Oh, my God. But, uh, oh, my God. So, you know how he's always down in Tom Brady and saying, oh, he sucks, he's falling off a cliff and this, that, and the other? He said something like that a couple of weeks ago when Tom Brady's response to him was, a, was to post a picture of the radar gun that was used on him when he was throwing, and he threw 61 miles an hour okay. at 42 years old, right? A football, not a baseball, a football at 61 miles an hour. So, yeah, who knows how long this guy's going to play. Before before we let you go, Marcus, I do have a question for you. That, that um, rings, you know, uh, made me remember an incident from this past week. Did you see where a guy went to a major league game, okay, started pitching on one of those machines, the radar machines, um, and I think he was throwing like 96 miles yes. an hour. Did you guys see this story, Marcus? Yes. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. that I, I wonder how many scouts are, call, are talking to that guy right now. No, he's been signed. The A's signed him. Oh, okay, well, I missed that part of it. <laughs> yeah, the A's signed him immediately, right? He hit 96 miles per hour on a radar gun at the stadium. My thing is this, Marcus. How much practice? I mean, that guy must be practicing all the time to get up to 96, right? You don't just oh, just wake up off the couch and you can no. throw 96, do you? Well, you wouldn't think so. But <clears throat> also, they could fall into the category of you never know, right? Yeah, I guess there so. There could be somebody out there with just natural talent that never played baseball and, and can do that, right? There was There was a guy years ago that asked Bernie Ecclestone, the man who ran Formula One racing for about 40 years, who do you think the greatest driver ever is? And Ecclestone goes, how would I know? There's probably some kid right now in Siberia who can drive a car faster and with more control than anybody who ever lived that's never even seen a car. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. But you would think he's got to be doing something, yeah. Yeah, if he threw 96 and he's not practicing, he just did that off the couch... And then he starts doing some actual baseball conditioning drills. Maybe he could he could hit 110. Try I don't to know. throw a baseball just yeah. yourself at a 75 miles an hour and see how hard that oh, is. Oh no, I can't do that. Right. It's very humbling to go to those games and to try to throw on the radar gun. It's very humbling. So my hat goes off yes, to that guy is. for hitting 96. <laughs> I mean, major league baseball players are freakishly good. Minor league baseball players are freakishly good. I'll reference Tyler Bloyd. Doc, you know him because he, he challenged you on the air, right? Uh, I've heard of that goober before. Okay. He said on the air that he <laughs> he thinks if he if he tried real hard, he could play for the bats or, some, or he could play minor league baseball. No way. I have a feeling this guy thinks a lot of delusional things that are not There's true. no way. Okay. So I think I'm a big advocate of everybody playing for the Louisville. Marcus, you and I have went to some Louisville bats games over the years, haven't we? Yes, we have. 
Okay, everybody on that field is a freakishly talented athlete. Okay, so AAA baseball players are amazing athletes, and I, it's it's very humbling once again just to have a reminder of oh, this guy came in from the outfield and he he threw sixty one miles per hour. Well, let's see you hit sixty one miles per hour on the radar gun. It's not as easy as you think. No, it isn't. Marcus, we appreciate your call as always. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Great stuff as always from our man Marcus, right? No, absolutely. He that's always cool. likes to stir the pot, doesn't he? Have you guys noticed that? <laughs> yeah. Let me funny. get this straight. So Brian Ansider takes you to boxing games. Marcus takes you to bass games. Yeah. Blue, where are you at, Blue? You got to step your game up. Oh, good point. <laughs> He's got all these callers taking him places. I know. Hey. I, I've yet to reap the benefits. So either. anybody that's willing, uh, <laughs> I'm game. He can be bought. Brian the Insider brought me to Madison Square Garden <laughs> for what appeared to be just a late notice fill-in fight for Andy Ruiz Jr., some fat guy who was going to fight against Anthony Joshua. It wasn't going to be anything special, but it was still going to be fun. I was going to have fun even if it was a first-round knockout win for Anthony Joshua. And it just so happens that what we witnessed was the biggest upset in heavyweight boxing history since Tyson. Tyson and whatever that was, 93. Buster Douglas. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, it's going to be difficult to top what I saw at Madison Square Garden. Are for you, the rest of my life, right? right? What are the chances I ever see something better than that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are going to have a rematch, right? They are. Yes. In Mexico City, right? We don't know where it's going to be yet. Andy Ruiz Jr. was on the Joe Rogan podcast a few nights ago. I watched it. I love that guy. I love Andy Ruiz Jr. I love him. Yeah, I, it's the most exciting thing that heavyweight uh, division has had in, in decades, I think. He confirmed later this year. <laughs> It's August already. Later this year, he's going to rematch Anthony Joshua. We don't know where it's going to be yet. He said right. off the air he had told Joe Rogan where it would be, but couldn't announce it on the air yet. I think he should fight him at Wembley. He beat him here in the United States, mm-hmm. you know, even though it was on the other side of the country. Andy Ruiz Jr. is from California. This was in New York. Still, it's in his home turf. I say he now goes and fights him in England. He lets Anthony Joshua have the home court, home, home, home stadium advantage, in my opinion. I think that's the, that's the move there. And then if Andy Ruiz Jr. can beat him there. Wow. Then we got to talk about Andy Ruiz Jr. against Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury. He'd be the head bet, one of the best heavyweights of all time. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, well, I mean, the most uh, – Entertaining? Come from nowhere. Yeah. This guy came from nowhere. I mean, at least in, on my scene. I don't know that, you know, no, minor you're right. leagues of bo- boxing, right? He had about six weeks uh, short notice uh, uh, before Jarrell Miller, um, who was going to fight Anthony Joshua. Jarrell Miller had to back out due to testing positive for two different times of, two different types of performance-enhancing drugs. Andrew Ruiz Jr. comes in. Everybody's like, yeah, he's a top 15 fighter. But if you really look into it, top 15 in the heavyweight division in the world, if you really look into it, Andrew Ruiz Jr.'s only loss on his resume ever as a pro was against some guy, and it was in that guy's home country, and it was a controversial decision. So he lost the decision to Parker. I mean, Anthony... You know, Andy Ruiz Jr. has never really lost as a pro, and he had never been knocked down prior to Anthony Joshua knocking him down. And <laughs> was he five and one now? 
pro? Yeah. No, he's got more fights than that. I'll bring it up. I think it's funny that, I mean, he's he's an everyday kind of guy. He he said he eats a, a, what, a Snickers before every fight. He eats a candy bar and stuff like that. He's just go out there and does his job and come back and probably just chow And he's down. still doing that. <laughs> yeah. He said on the Rogan podcast a few nights ago, Rogan said, so what type of stuff are you eating? He said, I just ate a sandwich before I came in here. What do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sometimes I'll be in line for a fast food place and somebody comes out and starts asking me for an autograph and I like it. So he's going to fast food places still. I mean, <laughs> talk about the dad bod or whatever it is. If it, it, if it works, don't change it. I he mean, said he's going to try to lose a little bit of weight and get into a little bit better shape <laughs> that for the rematch. Like, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I mean, look. Look, he done the he won at that size already. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Times, and I think you shouldn't change it up. Now, y- your conditioning is, is different. Yeah, I mean, he needs to work on his conditioning, but I don't, I don't think he needs to drop a lot of weight. As a pro, he's thirty three and one. Wow, he's been around. The, I did not know that. His only loss. Okay, I must not have been paying attention to this. That's guy. okay. That's all right. Nobody was. His only loss came to Joseph Parker in New Zealand, December of 2016, via decision. If you go back and watch that, it was a really close fight. A lot of people think Andrew Ruiz Jr. should have won, okay? It was in New Zealand. Look into it a little further. Where is Joseph Parker from? From New Zealand. Right. Okay? I think So Andrew Ruiz Jr. is super legit, and he's an American, Mexican-American I absolutely love him. Yeah. And, and you know, going back on uh, Ruiz, his diet or whatever, is there any kind of link between his diet and Doc's diet with Wendy's? Is it, is it the fast food that gives you the extra energy or what? I don't know. Doc smoked me in a race last week. <laughs> Doc, what do you think? I am very fast. And he smokes a carton of cigarettes a day. A car- two, car- oh, two cartons. Uh, yikes. Two cartons of cigarette a day. Sometimes he smokes two or three cigarettes at a all at a time. Should we just and add to the legend that is Doc Parks? You know that's 400 cigarettes a day, two cartons. <laughs> that's impressive, that's Doc. Okay. Good for you. Does Thank that help you. you with your speed? It doesn't, doesn't hurt. <laughs> Apparently, because you smoked him, right? Oh, yeah. You smoked a cart, and then you smoked Kelly Patrick. And then I, I mean, smoked afterwards as well. <laughs> <laughs> then he went home and smoked a ham. But, you know, uh, I like I like these, you know, uh, stories like this where the, you don't have the traditional, um, you know, regiment. And sure. The, uh, you know, I like seeing regular people go out there and kick ass. It's pretty cool. Um, I agree 100%. Doc? Are you compared to Andy Ruiz Jr. often? Frequently. We're both Mexican-American. Your girlfriend is Mexican-American. Okay. You are not, though. You, you are aware that you're just a regular white dude, right? Mm. Doc comes out to his MMA fights. Who's his theme song music? DMX every time. Not every time. I'll, actually, only once. Okay, well. How dare What's you? wrong with It DMX? sounds better to say every time. Nothing's wrong with hey, him, I but like I'm just saying, I don't know if Doc oh, is aware that he's just a regular white guy. <laughs> Oh, you want him to Doc, come he, out to Tom McDonald, right? No, yeah. I don't care what he comes out to. Tom I just Petty. He just claimed to be Mexican. <laughs> I'm he coming just, out to the Almond Brothers the next one. I do love the Almond Brothers. How about Tiny Tim? Just come out to that. There you go. Is the Are the Almond Brothers about as white of a music selection as you can get? Uh, the Eagles. 
I'll have you know Almond Brothers' original drummer, J-Mo, who's still with the band. Okay. I guess he's not still with the band. Greg Almond's dead, so they're not still together. But their most recent incarnation, J-Mo, he's still alive. He still drums with them, okay? So they got an African-American guy in the band, always have. Here's a good question. What if you guys, all three of you, had to pick a song to walk out to for your fight, what song are you using? Oh, that's a good one. And you, you uh, you've thought about this. You've got it loaded in the chamber. I, I, yeah, right. Passenger by Deftones. It got it has Maynard James Keenan in it. That's my default. You know, I may put some thought into it. Go with something else. Gary, Chris, you guys got one. Mm. It's uh, to give you an accurate answer. I'm, you're going to have to wait until the end of the show to get my answer. That's a tease. That's a, a, a professional <laughs> tease. Gary, you got one. Um, I do. I guess it'd probably be Tupac "Ambitions of a Rider." Okay. Or all eyes on me. Okay, <laughs> that'd be a good one for a self-centered fighter. That's okay. All it's eyes one. On me. It, that's the thing about fighting. It's a team of one. You step in there. You got a corner man. You got your fans. You got your teammates. But it's not a team sport, right? Right. So it's a different deal. What are you coming out to Saturday, August seventeenth, Doc Parks? I'm not sure yet. I have not decided. I was thinking maybe coming out to. Uh... Blues and Pants by James Brown. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you like that song? I was debating coming out to it. I, do you I, like that song? It's all right. If you do come out to that song, <laughs> you do need to play the past la- the seven-minute mark to get the real thrill factor. Because oh, yeah. he starts talking about some sexual stuff in there. Nice. If you play it, and we've accidentally put that on the radio before. Oh, we didn't know like it was. And we're like, he starts yelling, uh, you know. About getting something. Yeah, there's you, you, anybody listening, if you want to, check out James Brown, Blues and Pants. It's always been the theme song for the, the weekend sports buzz. Also... The theme song for the Kelly Patrick show. It's kind of branding wise. I have a chosen to associate that with myself for the purpose of branding. I love James Brown. I saw James Brown in concert in 2003 at Bonnaroo, and it was awesome. I mean, talk about a great concert. Nothing, I don't know that anything will top that for me as far as concerts. For sure, that's for sure. He had dancing all over the stage. He, he had professional dancers. You know, yeah. had women up there dancing everywhere, and he himself was up there dancing. Even though he was old, I think he died in 2006. So I saw him in 2003. He wasn't that far off from dying. But he was still putting on he a show. He was still putting on a show, which is so cool. Yeah. That guy, he uh, lived for entertainment, entertaining people, right? He really did. <clears throat> We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're going to hit one last break. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the final segment of the Kelly Pat, the weekend sports buzz. You're getting the shells mixed up again, Doc. Yeah, no. <sighs> Got too many, too many adventures going on. But, hey, uh, going back to Marcus's call, we we did some research during the break on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stats. Uh, we agree he's probably one of the best big men to ever play, but you got to think, I was 13 
his last year in the league, which he was kind of falling off a little bit. So it's recency bias on, on my part that I didn't get to see him play a whole lot. What about how, how old was you, Chris, in 88, 89? 11? Uh, 11 years old, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just – it ain't like that we left him out intentionally. We just didn't get to see Kareem that, play a whole that lot was when he was the, younger. He, he was already over the hill, and he wasn't – the best sure. that last right, year right, anyway. Right. so The it, last look we saw of him was being a nice piece on those Lakers teams that won some titles, and, and Magic got a lot of the hype for those teams. Yeah, I mean, he averaged 10 points and four rebounds a game his last year, so that's about 11, 12, 13 is when I started getting into the watching NBA and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so. what did, what did you give the Will Chamberlain numbers now? Well, let's see. Uh, Kareem's stats for his career is 24-6 and 11-2. 24, 6, 11, 2. Okay. Yeah, and it's, which is, you know, of course, they he's a 19 keep, time All Star. They didn't 24, keep track of, wait, wait, 24.6 and 11.2 rebounds. Yeah. Okay. Now, Will Chamberlain's stats for his career 30 points a game, 22.9 rebounds a game. Wow. For his career. The, one of the more impressive things about Wilt is there was a season where everybody said he's a ball hog, and he was like, okay, led the NBA in assists that year. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he averaged 8.6 assists. He apparently was a woman hog, too, because apparently he set some kind of world record there. Yeah. Right? Despite not ever having a biological child. Um, I've heard some rumors that he was gay. (laughs) Doc, what about that groundbreaking late show um, bomb I just dropped on everybody? I thought it was women he was sleeping with. Yeah, that's what they say, but why no kids? Hmm. I don't know about he averaged eighteen point six rebounds a game. He last was gay year. for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't finish it. <laughs> so you know, I think the thing that separates Wilt from Kareem in terms of greatest ever is Kareem won titles yeah. in college, three yeah. <clears throat> and six in the NBA. Yep. So okay. So I mean, you know, that's a different a different conversation because it's a team sport. It is right. Oh yeah. What would it have been like if they would have kept block numbers back when these guys played? Think mm-hmm. about that. They didn't even keep track of blocks, man. Okay, yeah. And um, you look at some of the videos of their uh, defense down low. It's pretty amazing. Uh, they would have probably been the all-time – between those two would have been in the, at least top five for all-time blocks. Two-time NBA champion once uh, with the Sixers in 67 – once with the Lakers in 72. This is Wilt Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. One NBA Finals MVP award. Four-time NBA Most Valuable Player award. 13-time All-Star. All right, let me see here. Just a moment. I'm going to see what year he av- he led the NBA in assists. Yeah, 68 NBA assist leader. Yeah, 8.6 a game. Yeah. But still, I, love, I, mean, I love big guys who can pass. Shaq even, I would say, is an underrated passer. We, we, I love... Big guys who can pass. We got to talk some about this upcoming season as well. We can't just go look at the uh, historical. We need. I want your. You haven't spoken much on what you expect out of this upcoming season. What's some of the big storylines you think? I think the Lakers are going to win it all. I do too. Okay. I think that. I think those two at the top are going to be two of the biggest superstars ever to play together. I like the Clippers. Don't get me wrong. I love putting together a team that emphasizes defense, but I think LeBron is not messing around. I know it's not in vogue to say, but I think LeBron gets a bunch of hate 
uh, unnecessarily. I think a lot of people have political opinions. They don't like his outspoken political views. And I don't necessarily agree with everything he says either, but I'm a firm believer. I'm watching for the sport. Yeah, I'm a firm believer, and you can have whatever opinions you want, and that doesn't mean I dislike you in any way. Now, obviously, if your opinion is, you know, something absolutely insane— or you think everybody should be beheaded or something and they're not allowed to go out in public or right. you know, something absolutely crazy. You're not going to completely crazy. endorse anybody. Yeah, but, but – Right? Sure. I mean, who's going to do that? As I'm not a, saying I think player. LeBron's the best player ever. I'm right. not saying I agree with everything he says politically. Uh, but in my opinion, basketball-wise, he's the best player in the world. He had a horrible season last year. Horrible. He got a lot of hate. A lot of people are calling for his demise. They're saying he's washed up. I disagree. There's we will no see. way. We will see. Yeah, I think they're going to win it all as well. Now, you've got to keep him healthy, right? That That's the only thing I think that stops them from winning it all is uh, injury issues on the team. For him and Anthony Davis. And right, that's right. Uh, you, you need both of them playing. Uh, you got to capture the moment. You, you only have this small window, and um, uh, you've got a lot of people expecting – a lot of great things out of them, and I, I can see them definitely cutting down the nets. You, you know, I, do they cut the nets down? Or do they not? I don't think they do. Maybe. Do they not? I could Just seen. college? Hold yeah. on now. I don't think Did they we cut uncover the something I have never thought about? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they cut the nets down. Either. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, going back on, on LeBron's stats for last year, you know, he played the least amount of minutes in his career. Sure. 35 minutes a game. He averaged twenty-seven and a half points, eight and a half rebounds, and eight point three assists a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's washed up. And, Come and on, man! People have totally given up on him. And you know what? He didn't have anybody around him really. Um, it no. wasn't the team he envisioned. Right? No, 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 no. Because he so, thought he was getting other players to join him, right? And he didn't get any of them. So, um, and, and you can't throw out the oh, you can't win a title without. A super team because he won in Cleveland, right? So, um, you know, I can see them actually uh, winning a couple if they could stay healthy. You know what I don't understand is New Orleans is so happy about the team they got coming in this year. I would be too. Well, now, I mean, I just think you you just got everybody that was on the Lakers that couldn't do anything. No, I'm talking just I mean, strictly I understand for with Zion. Zion. Yeah, but. There's, there's just two guys, two or three guys on that team that I just don't think are great. Oh, how, how big of a deal is Zion? It's huge. It is, man. He, I'm telling you right now, this is the beginning of a new era. Um, I think he's going to do some pretty amazing stuff. He's not going to last the whole. Uh, somebody's going to once he gets a chance to leave uh, New Orleans, he's going to try to go somewhere where he can actually win a title. He just. Um, he says he plans to spend his whole career in New Orleans. I, but that's what Davis said. Yeah, too. it's just not. I don't think the it's organization feasible. is. That's the thing. You can't envision how bad some of these uh, people in the organi- organization are. They yeah. they didn't even have their own uh, doctor at one point. They were sending the players to the uh, NFL <laughs> uh, doctors. Right? That's crazy. Uh, they're owned by the same person and they were sending them to the NFL to, you would think hey you own an NBA team you you have all the resources you need mm-hmm. Gary who do you think is going to win the NBA finals next season uh, I say either the Lakers or the Bucks 
Bucks, okay, I like it. An yeah. Eastern Conference team. It'd be kind of cool. I'd be okay with the Bucks winning it too. Yeah, I think they won 61 or 62 regular season games. Giannis was the MVP. Yeah. Um yeah, the Clippers are probably the second uh favorite there, but there's so many teams that are intriguing for this upcoming season. Even the Golden State Warriors even after losing Clay Thompson to injury um and losing um Durant, I think they still have a chance to make some noise with that team. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some magic yes. on that team in a way, if that makes sense. Willie Colley-Stein plays for them now. I don't know if that's going to have any impact, but it'll be interesting to see if uh, – See, I he, think he'll shine there. I think he will too. Uh, he's the best big man you, you can get um, at that price range that can run the floor and be athletic and not slow you down like Cousins slowed him down. Sure. You know, Willie Cauley Stein is on one end of the spectrum, I think, as far as energy and and running the floor, and Cousins is kind of on the other. Right. I Uh, I would maybe rather have Willie Cauley Stein on my NBA team than Cousins, and he can block shots. Right now, that's a that's a strong. That's I agree with that statement. Now Uh, I know Cousins is a big part of the Lakers, and I pick the Lakers to win it all. But he's not. Yeah, actually, I don't know that how big of a deal he is with. Right, I don't think he. He could play a they good role. They have JaVale McGee as well, right? Yeah, but he I don't think he's very good at all. Well, I mean, let's let's be honest. They got Anthony Davis. Yeah. That's what I – yeah. I think they went and got Cousins so he can play the five and Davis can play the four. Yeah, but the the five position is so uh, different now in the NBA than it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Cousins has got to stay in front of his man. And, you know, we'll see if he's got that speed after having the Achilles – uh, he definitely looked very slowed for Golden State. He said he, he said he's lost 25 pounds since the season ended. Yeah, I seen him playing pickup like in a uh, just some random yeah. like YMCA, and he looks very agile right now. Cousins, yes, yeah. but he's doing it against some people in the YMCA. But sure. still, he I mean his speed and his agility looked a lot better. You should have Johnny challenge him. Johnny versus Marcus Cousins. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. And, but he don't hold any uh, prisoners, man. I'm telling you, he will block your shot no matter how old or how tall you are. Cousins, if you've seen him, he when he's on the court, he he means business. He's a no savage. Matter. Yeah, he's trying to win. I respect that. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to the weekend sports buzz every Sunday from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. on 96.1 FM, 14:50 a.m. WXVW, the Big X. We want to thank Dugan Ryan for allowing us to be on the air each and every Sunday. We want to thank Louisville Combat Academy for their support. 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Chris and Doc. We will be back next Sunday for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.